0: Well, hello, everyone. My name is Brian Ballantyne, one of the podcast members here at Connected by Community, brought to you by Ballantyne Capital Advisors. I just want to take a moment and thank everyone for listening, sharing, liking our podcast and allowing us to share with you more about our community. And I want to take a special moment to thank our sponsors for allowing us to partner with them and continue to bring you these nonprofits uh, community interests, business leaders in our community and what they're doing for and in our community. I'd ask you to check them out. They allow us to continue to bring this to you. And if you or someone you know would like to know more about becoming one of those partners with us, check out our website, connectedbycommunity.org. There you'll find a sponsorship tab and we can get you more information on that. Until we see you next time, go out and make our community great. Welcome everyone to this edition of Connected by Community, a podcast brought to you by Ballantine Capital Advisors. I'm Brian Ballantine, and I am joined by Anna Waters from Ballantine Capital Advisors, and also my son, Preston Ballantine, is our guest. So we kind of have a unique podcast today. Uh, in fact, we have a new studio we're in. So hopefully you enjoy the new format uh, as we get used to this and offer you some different offerings. And so with that, we wanted to kind of have a unique, cool podcast today that was different than all the others. Um, you know, we bring you things about our community, nonprofits, businesses around our community. Uh, and today we wanted to talk about an interest that's near and dear to a lot of parents uh, and, and kids in our community that are, uh, I'll say, struggling, working on, working toward, aspiring to go to college. So uh, Preston here is 18 and a senior. And is applying to colleges and uh, has been a good student. I'll say that as his dad uh, and as observer, uh, by all by all means, has been a, a model kid and student. And I think he's gone through a lot of unique things that maybe some students don't. Um, has had some leadership experiences, and so I want to kind of talk to him about that. And then Anna is not too long out of college from Clemson, yeah. And so she's got a unique role today on the podcast, and that she is going to be both a questioner and a questionee, an interviewer and an interviewee, and so I'm going to jump into it. Um, so, Preston, for our listeners that don't know you real briefly, other than being related to me, um, where do you go to school, what do you do, what are you applying for, what's going on in your life, and who are you?
1: Yeah, We normally ask right now, are you married, but we're not married. So. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I'm 18. Uh, again, I'm Preston, uh, Brian's son, and so I'm a senior in high school, like you said, and uh, I've been at Southside Christian School uh, on Woodruff Road since seventh grade. So this is my sixth year there um, and last year. And so uh, I've had a good experience there, I've been challenged academically um, in extracurriculars, lots of different opportunities I've had there. And uh, now uh, as a senior, with, along with you know, my classmates looking towards college, um, been applying last fall. Um, now I'm continuing to apply for you know, smaller programs, scholarships, etc., which I think we'll get into some more, some more of those details in a minute. But uh, that's kind of where I'm at now, still waiting to hear back on a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, senior, but not for much longer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so and that's one of the reasons I wanted to sincerely have you here. We talked about, and we may have later, uh, maybe in the fall even, a quote expert about college, and that's great. There's nothing like in the trenches. So I thought about you and I thought about Anna with both the current experience and the most recently through that, and and I've been fortunate enough as your dad to walk through it, but there's nothing like your experience. So maybe we go all the way back. Let's start before. Let's go back to before um, where we are today. I mean, obviously you're applying. You've been accepted virtually everywhere, other than a couple of places. I think you're waiting to hear back from. But um, and I know you're working on scholarships. But let's step back, maybe to even seventh eighth grade, because. When I think you think about college, if you're gonna be a really, I don't wanna say really successful, because I think you can be really successful without going to college, and we'll talk about that. Um, But if you're gonna be successful in your aspirations to go to a specific college or to have a specific goal, let's first go down that road. Would you say you need to start before ninth grade uh, if you're gonna really have high, we're gonna go through, you know if you really wanna achieve at some high level, whatever that might be, and and for you, that might be, if you're person A, one goal, and person Z, a different goal, that's not to diminish or build up one or the other. But when would you start thinking about the end result?
1: Yeah, you need to start thinking early. And I have lots of friends, classmates that, you know, as juniors and seniors, they realized, I made some bad grades as a freshman. <laughs> you know, I, I should have paid more attention. But, you know, it, it goes back even before that. And, it could be a lot of pressure for someone that young, but even starting in seventh and eighth grade, um, there's some things you need to do. Mostly I'd say um, learn where your strengths and weaknesses are and build up an academic rigor, I suppose. Um, learn how to talk to your teachers, uh, take tests well, um, get those soft skills that are necessary for education. But beyond that, you know, there are so many opportunities these days for even middle schoolers, you know, taking high school classes in middle school, um, you know, being involved with with different programs, uh, even at that young. Uh, So it it starts early and it can be hard for, you know, 12 or 13 year old, but that's just part of the process. Um, So I took a couple, not many, but a couple uh, math classes in uh, middle school. And that and a lot of other subjects, you know, you can't a lot of times just skip later. You gotta start early and build up towards senior year. Whereas now, since I started early, I'm in the most advanced math class my school offers. But if I had a friend who said, I wanna get serious as a 10th grader when I'm you know, maybe 15 years old, you may not have quite as oppor- many opportunities if you wanna get serious that age versus earlier. So uh, kind of like with investing money, you know this well, uh, the earlier you invest, uh, the better it's going to be. And the same thing with school. So you want to make some wise decisions early on uh, if you want to set yourself up for academic success later. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a great. That's a great. I like your analogy. <laughs> um, that
2: was good. <laughs> so well, we all, I learned from the best. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's
0: right. So we, all, we, we like those analogies. And, and, and so sometimes people don't do those things, and we'll talk about that. Um, and I know sometimes parents may, it's not about pushing your kids to, to be advanced, be advanced, be advanced. But what I heard you say is if you don't start at a young age, you may not in your high school career at least be able to get there. You may take longer than later or accomplish some of the same goals, which could be I want to get into school X, Y, and Z. To get into school X, Y, and Z, you might have had to start in seventh, eighth grade. And it simply no matter if you're a boy wonder genius or girl wonder genius, you may not be able to accomplish it if you decide to start in 10th grade simply due to time.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you want to go to Harvard, you need to know for sure by the time you're 14. And that seems absurd if you're not in this world. But, you know, if, if you want to do things like if you want to go to an Ivy League or any prestigious school that starts young, and uh, I can go into some of the, what that looks like. It, for me, I think one of the biggest things have been choosing your classes. Um, you know, you've got to take those, those honors or APs, dual enrollments or IBs, whatever you have available at your school, you've got to take advantage of your opportunities. And that's, especially with classes, but with anything, take advantage of your opportunities. And there's probably more opportunities that you have than you even realize. And if you want to get into, you know, that good school, they want to see that you took advantage of what you have because they, want you, they expect you to then do the same thing at their school. So if you have maybe, you know, at, one, at least, let's call it just one AP class you might could take as a freshman in high school, it can be intimidating, but you know, go for it. You know, uh, challenge yourself, and that's what colleges want to see. And even from that early on, and ever more so as you get older. So, uh, you got to have a plan and stick to it, and challenge yourself. Well, one of the things, and, and, and I'm not going to take
0: credit, but I did it with you. Um, I'm not skilled in a lot. I'm good at hopefully <laughs> financial planning, but I'm pretty good with math, right? And so, are, mm-hmm. so are you. So, if you just do the math, right. Uh, in in what's called a weighted GPA to make your GPA look better for those kids and parents that are scared of this AP, IB, ABC123 language that they talk about um, with these advanced classes for Johnny or Susie who, hey, they're only in ninth, tenth grade, and we're putting them in this advanced stuff. If you do the math, you can have a little worse score and do better. So maybe just quickly talk about that because I think people and parents get stressed out, and I'm not trying to have someone – Clearly, if you do an AP class, they are hard, no doubt. I've seen and watched you do it. You got to be dedicated to the work. I would generally say dual enrollments. I'm speaking as a parent are easier um, than than APs. APs are probably the hardest you can take, uh, but at very least, take the honors version, right? So maybe maybe we just start there, yeah. not <laughs> to scare everyone, but maybe talk brief, real quickly about that and why that mathematically is just almost a no brainer. For those that are on the college track, and we'll get back to those that aren't, but why mathematically it makes sense.
1: Yeah, so I'll try to explain this without boring y'all to death. <laughs> um, but it, it's college admissions is somewhat of a game in this sense because there's a scoreboard. And your most important scoreboard is your cumulative GPA. There's also test scores, which we may talk about later. But cumulative GPA uh, is includes all the high school classes you've taken. Um, it doesn't matter how early you took them so i mentioned i took one high school class in 7th grade when i'm applying to colleges that class i took when i was 12 is on my gpa when i or my transcript when i'm 18 and it's there for everyone to see and so you know you on your gpa there is a maximum number you can get for a 100 in a cp or regular class and you know there's probably even more different types of classes that exist in different schools than we are even aware of. But generally, CP, which means college prep or basic or something like that, um, in South Carolina, generally speaking, 100 in that class will get you a 5.0 GPA. Um, And you get a 99, it's a 4.9, and it goes down from there. You take an honors class. It's still a high school class, but it's a little more advanced. Um, you may have had to have gotten an A in that subject the year before, something like that, and uh, it supposedly is a little more challenging. And so, if you get a hundred in that class, it's a five point five. A ninety nine is a five point four. So you get a hundred in CP is five hundred in honors five point five. You do this fifteen times over, it gets hard to beat, <laughs> even with the hundreds in CP compared to like ninety eights in honors. So what you're saying is, if I get a if I get a ninety four. In a honors, probably better than 100 in, I'd have to do the math. No. You've done probably 100 done. would be, the, in a the honors would be, I mean, sorry, 100 in CP would be the same thing as 95 in There honors. you go. See, I know so, you <laughs> did the math. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. So you got to at least get a math, you got a 95 to break even. Well, that's assuming you, you're getting 100 in CP. Right, right and, that's true. That's hard to do. Yeah. And then AP or uh, IB or dual enrollment or whatever classification there is for a college level course in high school. Um, if you get 100 in that, you get a 6.0, below that's a 5.9, etc. So, you get a 98 in a in an AP class, which probably is tough to do depending on the class, you get a 5.8. Um, you got some friends with CP classes, that's going to be hard to beat. Um, even if they got a 90, if they got a 95 in the 40 and you got a 95 in the 6 uh or 5, excuse yeah, me. As long as you have an A in an AP, right. you're going to beat someone with a 100 in the CP. Right. Right. So mathematically, yeah. like you yeah. said, if you do it enough times. Exactly. And you can't just take one or two honors or APs if you want to get into a lot of school, even, you know, locally Clemson or even South Carolina by the years, they're getting more and more competitive. And if you want to, you know, stay competitive for their admissions process, you're going to need to take a few APs, you know, even if you just want to You know, if you don't think it's what you're doing is very competitive, saying I just want to go into and get a biology degree or a business degree or whatever, you know, you can't just take two honors in your junior or senior year and expect to get in necessarily. So Uh, with that, you said,
0: I mean, let's take Clemson here for people in the upstate. What's their average even SAT now? Is it like 13
1: or? 1,300 somewhere in there. That's average. Average, yeah.
0: So you have that. And then let's briefly, just because, again, in the interest of time, let's say you are even you believe you're a gifted student and I want to go to the University of Georgia or Texas A&M, one of these schools out there, uh, does do sometimes some of these universities and other schools, if it's your dream school, do they have higher standards sometimes for out-of-state students if there's a big demand in their state?
1: Yeah, it depends school by school. Um, I know Texas A&M does. They only allow 10% of their student body to be out-of-state. Um, it, it, so it does depend school by school, mainly for public schools, not as much private schools. That's um, just really going to be on a case-by-case basis, but no, even if you're in state, um, I mean, if you want to go to one of these four-year universities, um, expect to have high GPAs and SAT scores if you want to get in, for sure. And then and, the, and like I said, that starts early, and, that's, and it shows you worked you have a work ethic and an intelligence that um, means you will do well in college, and, um, like I said, starts early.
2: Yeah. And just one thing. So kind of going off what Preston just said, I think a lot of people don't realize this, taking those AP classes, dual enrollment, even college courses, you could be potentially saving yourself time in college, money in college by getting these classes out of the way. So if your school offers these classes, why not take them? Why not try? Because you could save yourself from having to take maybe calculus, biology, physics, you could save yourself money, you could save yourself time. And, you know, it it might even be a little bit easier when you're taking it at high school with teachers you're more familiar with than when you're in a big university classroom. So I definitely would say take advantage of those.
1: Exactly. So it not only helps you in admissions process, which is what we've been talking about, but it also just maybe if you do a lot of this, may get the whole year off your college education. You know, a lot of people may graduate a semester early or so, um, but it definitely is a great thing to do. You'll get a a teacher that you know – most likely, you know, it speaks English very well. You know, a lot of times you get professors that are hard to understand and such in college, you know, that maybe you're in a class with 300 people and you don't even know the professor's name, really. Um, but being in a class, maybe 20 other students or so at your high school, there's lots of benefits with that. And, and with that in honors courses, uh, especially in those younger grades, it's easy to be intimidated of when you read, like, a course description and say, wow sounds hard, you know, (laughs) AP world history is like all these essays and readings. Like I've never done something quite like that. And it can be, uh, kind of scary for middle school or ninth grader or something. But, um, I would say that a lot of times it's just great to throw yourself in the deep end and do what you can. Um, a lot of times, at least I think these, some of these course descriptions are a bit exaggerated. And so it, it may be a little bit easier than you anticipate, but, um, Go with your strengths and do the best you can and challenge yourself. Um, and, and
0: we'll talk about scheduling again in a second, but I want to piggyback on what you said because that's a great point I had not thought of, and, and, but we, he and I, Preston and I, have talked about it. You have multiple things. So we have getting into college it helps with, Um, saving tuition dollars in college because you have less time in college. And you enter the workforce early. That was going to be my third (laughs) one, so thank you. So, because you and I always talk about total outcome, which we're going to talk about in a moment. (laughs) That's my favorite subject, being a financial advisor. So, you enter the workforce. So, let's just say you save $30,000. You do a year's worth. You save $30,000 in tuition, and I'm rounding down, guys. It's more than that. (laughs) And let's say you start at $40,000 in the workforce. You just put $70,000 of after-tax dollars and if somebody pays tax, let's say you would have to make $100,000 to get seventy to pay all that. You potentially, in gross dollars, just saved yourself $100,000 simply by taking a few AP classes and dual enrollment classes, which, oh, by the way, if you're going to go to college, guess what? If you can't cut it in that, you might, and we're going to talk about this in a second, <laughs> you might not ought to be applying for college anyway, yeah. right? So I'm not putting, I know that's controversial, and I'm, I'm going to rub some people the wrong way, I'm not saying that's universally true for everyone, and not everyone's got to take all of them and get into Harvard. That's not the point. But if you can't take a few to cut at least a semester off or potentially a year off, um, maybe we need to take a different route
1: directly than direct to a university. Sure. And maybe before we get into that, one element we haven't really talked about too much, um, and this is becoming less important, but it's still important, is testing. Um, those GPA and class things is, covers a... Many years and lots of hours and hours and hours of work, but testing is you know, seeing what you can do in a couple hours. And you have two main tests, is the SAT and the ACT. Um, and this is really for juniors to take. Uh, you may do some practice in ninth or 10th grade, but it's really something you do as a junior. And this is important when it comes to college admissions. Whenever I would look at a university to see you know, what does their average student look like, I thought the easiest thing to look at was their test scores. And so uh, as a junior, you've got to take that and you probably will take it several times to see how good you can do, constantly improving. Um, but with all that, my main advice is, well, one, to figure out if the ACT or SAT is easier for you. Because it seems with everyone, there's a preference. Um, I won't get into the details about it, but you know, people like one or the other. Uh, but my main advice... Uh, And I took a little prep uh, prep course, and I did all these, you know, worksheets and all this different stuff, but by far the most important thing I did was take practice tests. I probably took 15 practice SAT or ACT tests, and that definitely helped me more than anything. So if you get one thing out of testing is take some practice tests, um, and that'll help you with college admissions and all that follows that.
0: Well, I think one of the things with that, because I got to watch you do that, and I'm, I'm going to give you a, a big compliment, which I know you know, you're a smart kid. Smart's not enough, and working hard's not enough. So for those folks that aspire to, and I'm not, I'm not advocating Harvard, it's just what we've talked about, but if you want to be at a high-end school, it's going to take both. If mm-hmm. you think you're just going to show up because you're smart, it ain't going to happen. If you think you're just going to work hard and you maybe don't have the intellect, it's probably not going to happen. I hate to break the bad yep. news to you. Um, and I'll use, I never will forget. Um, I've heard stories about Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods. Um, you know, that's where where excellence happened was where you had a natural God given ability combined work or worth ethic work ethic that both those guys had coaches and they train and they train. And even though they had all this talent, they worked harder than everybody on the, on there. So what I guess I'm getting at with the SAT, I watched you, and you just didn't show up on a Saturday and take it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, and whether you are, you know, the top student, the middle student or whatever, and you're going to put your best foot forward, you better practice some or you might be wasting your time.
1: Certainly. Your work ethic for any part of high school is, you know, so important, and that's going to change so the much. World, world, too. Well, the real world, <laughs> even more so. You know, uh, high school isn't exactly like the real world, but – you're, you need to find out how smart you are, and you know we a lot of times we don't like to say you know people are naturally smart, but it's just the way it is, and you have to do the best with what we have and Then you have to say, how hard am I willing to work well, you may have the you may be able to work hard enough with your intelligence to get into Harvard, but i'm going to venture to say most people don't want to put in that much work um and understandably, who would want you know want to be doing homework constantly, spending weekends you know, reading, going to academic conferences. Like, it's not, you know, that exciting of a thing. So figure out, you know, a realistic goal with how much you want to work and how what your intelligence is. And it's kind of like with saving for retirement, you know, what do you want your lifestyle to be like? And if you want to live in a mansion in Malibu, you need a lot of money. You know, if you (laughs) want to go live off the land like they do on one of these TV shows in Alaska, you probably don't need a whole lot of money so, you know, figure out what you're willing to do and go with that, you know.
0: Awesome. So, I know you're a little farther removed because you haven't been there <laughs> a while, because we're going to move on in a minute. I want to talk a little more about prep, but anything you can think of from prep that you can remember doing prepping to go to school?
2: Yeah, so kind of same points Preston's already hit on. Hit on. I think the most important thing is to have a plan, and that plan does need to start early. You know, 13, 14, you might be thinking – you know i'm only 13 i don't i don't know what i want to do with my life but don't keep using that as an excuse actively be researching what you want to do look into colleges look into you know what what do you need act what do you need for sat what's your gpa need to be again take advantage of those ap classes so really just having a plan and preparing is the best thing you can do um I mean, just take advantage, you know, like I went to Hillcrest High School. I graduated 2018. Um, I'm a recent grad of Clemson University, so go Tigers. Uh, Hillcrest did prepare me good. I took advantage of all those AP classes, anything I could do. I saved myself actually a little bit of time. I ended up changing my major in college, but even though I changed it since I took advantage of all these AP classes, I didn't fall behind, graduated in the four years, so. Awesome. Yeah.
0: And and I had a total collapse of my mental <laughs> thought there as i getting older. um. I do want to switch, though, because we, we've somewhat talked about, hey, accomplishing all these goals and all that. There's a lot of goals people can accomplish in school, right? Um, again, We'll just keep kind of picking on Harvard. Not everyone's going to go to Harvard or should go to Harvard. And I, what I'm about to say is controversial, and that's okay. Not everyone should go to college, right? No. In fact, maybe a lot less people ought to go to college. I know there's this trend there. I bring that up because it's not just me saying this, right? There's actually studies out there The average cost of college is escalating at a rate way above inflation, even though inflation has been high. And the value of a college degree is simultaneously going down for most people, uh, for what I'll call average. And I think part of this is course selection, major selection, etc. And maybe we as a, we don't have time for this. We as a society are in the middle of, maybe we need some more apprenticeships or focus uh, or technical schools. And one of my favorite subjects. Love Greenville Tech, or or any of the tech schools. I'm not advocating just for Greenville Tech. Um, I think they do wonderful things. Clearly, there's a shortage of technically trained blue-collar folks out there, whether it's HVAC, electrician, plumber. I always joke and say as a financial advisor, if you want to meet some of the wealthiest people out in the community, Mm -hmm. it's probably the guy or gal getting her hands dirty. The plumber. Um, The plumber, right, yeah. (laughs) Because if you need a plumber, it's a crappy situation, right? Yep. Um, (laughs) And price is not, is not a negotiable thing if your toilet's overflowing. Um, and they haven't been trained in the technical skills. And I think for a long time there was a stigma. And I don't know why. Uh, and I'm hoping and praying we as a society are going to do more of that. But I don't want to just talk about the guy or gal who's going to be an HVC or plumber. I want to talk about the teacher. I want to talk about the police officer. I want to talk about these people that need skills. Do they all have to start at Clemson or South Carolina or some school? Or could they, as a financial planner, go for free for a couple years to a tech school, transfer, and get the exact same pay, not have debt, have a more joyable life? But the thing they have to get out of their mind is college is this wonderful, quote, experience. And I'm on a rant here, so I'm going to stop in a second. Uh, Ann and I were talking about this on the way over. You know, decades and decades ago in World War II, we had people we sent over to Normandy to save our country and world. Not advocating that's a good thing that we had to do that. But today, I think sometimes we've treated kids with kid, kid with white gloves and they have to have this luxurious, expensive, wonderful sorority or fraternity experience and go to some school and live in the Taj Mahal and, and you know, have an experience. Well, I want an experience in the Ritz, uh, in the Bahamas, <laughs> right? But I'm, a, I'm an older dude and I've earned my dues, hopefully. I'm not sure that 18-year-olds need experience. They need an education and vocation. So one of the things that struck me best, and I won't name the university, but there's one university we went to in all of our tours. We haven't even talked about tours. Oh, yeah. I've consistently gone to this one university three times, maybe four, and they talk about we are here not really just to give your kids an education, but to get them a vocation and to get them a job, right? Yes, sir. So as a parent, boy, I'm off my rant, <laughs> I think we got to turn in this country away from just education and talk a lot more about jobs because they get P-A-I-D, right? And ultimately, if we just spend money at these experiences, we haven't accomplished anything. I'm over with my rant. But I want to get your perspective, seeing students, do you think more of your fellow peers might ought to consider a different route than thinking they're going to go to Clemson or South Carolina? Because maybe that's just a waste of money.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, you're totally right. Um, I usually am. <laughs> <laughs> usually, that's for sure. Um, and I see this, you know, at school with my classmates. You know, I think almost everyone goes to college. You know, the exceptions you know, probably are less than five. Typically, you know, for my school or any school with, you know, as a percentage-wise, it's very low, the number that don't go to college. And so, uh, as a, from a student's perspective, it, the golden, from what has been seen to me by, you know, what I've gotten from teachers, friends, administrators, not just in my school, this goes for any school, um, is that college is the golden standard. College is what you want. We are here to get you into college. Um, and there's nothing wrong with aspiring to go, but the problem is is that it it's not like high school has become a college prep factory and they just, you know, pull the lever and a college student ready for college goes out. But um, that's, that's not how people are. You know, some people, uh, maybe someone wants to be some kind of rocket scientist, well, he might need to go to college, Mm -hmm. you know, but the one that, like you said, wants to become a firefighter, uh, a teacher, nurse, you know, maybe a tech school is really what you need. Um, And you've got to look at this, like you said, with the numbers, with financials and, you know, what is the cost and and what is the benefit of going to tech school or a four-year school? A lot of times the cost, particularly with non-STEM degrees, is so high for the benefits you're going to be getting later at a four-year university, and so you got to say, hey, you know, I'm going to be a teacher. Maybe I don't pay a, you know, gazillion dollars to go to a four-year school, but maybe you say I want to be the rocket scientist, or I'm, you know, going to get a a PhD in some crazy, you know, paying field. There might be, if you aren't going to be a neurosurgeon, go to school, (laughs) Um, but you got to look at what you want and and what the costs and benefits are. Um, Financially, you know, a college that may not share your values or being away from home, I mean, there's so many different factors that can really hurt a a student in the long run because throughout high school, they have been taught that college is the way. College is the way when it's not really.
0: And Anna and I were talking about all the way over. Mm -hmm. And honestly, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll throw, I'm a parent. I think we have a lot of times a parent problem. And so the parents think, well, Susie or Johnny must go to X, Y, and Z. they got to go to Clemson. I went to Clemson. Well, it's a different world. When I went to to college back in the dark ages, <laughs> I think my tuition, I mean, even started at $1,100 a semester. I think it maxed out at $1,500. So I'm a mistake wasn't that big a deal, right?
2: Yeah. It's
0: a big deal now, right? Mm-hmm. And you're right. If you're not in a major that's going to have an outcome, and Preston knows this from, you know, I'll just briefly talk about since he was yay high, Um, I preach financial outcomes. I'm all for you, chess and a dream, but there must be a financial outcome or you're wasting your money or my money, which we're going to be good stewards of our money and make wise decisions. So I think parents get caught up again. That's what they did or what society has maybe taught, and they're overlooking the outcomes, and the outcomes are not just the cost of college. It's the missed opportunity on the outcome. They go to school and get some obscure degree and wasted a bunch of money, and they end up getting a job in another field or maybe in a service industry because it simply just pays more money. Why, why did we spend $200,000 on college and miss the opportunity of multiple years? And you and I have sat down on the math. When you put it in a retirement plan, I know it's weird to talk about retirement you know, at 18 years old. Your 45-year-old, 55-year-old self can never make that up. So what we're doing is literally putting kids out on the street with you know, a, a ball and chain that they can't get rid of uh, and it's sad. And, and um, I, as a parent, say that us as parents need to take responsibility of guiding and loving our children well enough to sometimes say no. That's yeah. one of the hardest things I've probably told you as a parent is saying no um, if it's a dream. Because sometimes, this sounds really, and this is probably my most controversial podcast, Anna. (laughs) Sometimes dreams are not the best thing to have. It's not that I'm not trying to have you produce Yeah, Dave
1: Ramsey says they turn into nightmares. Yeah, nightmare, (laughs) right.
0: Sometimes they're stupid dreams, right? You know, because I could have a dream, you know, we're in a studio right now and they record music. I could have a dream (laughs) of being a singer. That's a stupid dream for me. (laughs) If you heard me sing, it would be stupid. So I'm not saying not to promote love and encourage your children. I'm just, some, sometimes your parental jobs that say no, that's not your strength. And, I don't, you know, you don't have to say in a harsh
1: way. And that's loving to that's say. That's right? lovingly yeah. say no. Well, right? and and from what I understand, and I, I hate to, you know, and so to speak, give advice to parents or anything, but, you know, maybe you work at a bank or you, you help manage a mutual fund or you have some pretty high up their job, you know, you're a surgeon. A lot of times, and like with upper middle class folks, they don't want to, tell their neighbor yeah johnny became an electrician uh susie became a teacher whatever you know your kids even though you did this or that they don't necessarily have to and they mm-hmm. can find success doing that and they may not make as much money as a mutual fund manager um but they can still have a great life but you know would you tell your neighbor that at the grocery store Yeah, that's right. There's
0: a lot. I appreciate that point. It's true. The parents have this prideful, hey, my kid did this or that. Um, And, you know, if you can accomplish your goals, which can be just to live a productive life as a citizen, take care of yourself and be happy, that can be wise enough. We're Mm -hmm. not all going to be heart surgeons for sure. I know I'm not or a singer. Yeah,
2: and I think a lot of time, sometimes maybe students or even parents are almost embarrassed to say, oh, my child went to a technical school or is going to a technical school rather than, you know, a big four-year university, but they shouldn't be embarrassed because in the end, you know, I went to Clemson. Me, Clemson, someone graduating a technical school, we still both have to interview for that same job. We both have to show our resumes. We both have to show our skills. We have the same education. It's just schools that differ, so in the end, it just what did you learn? How are you going to apply it to your job? So,
0: Yep, that's absolutely true. And one thing, and this is jumping back, but when when a child goes through college, because you said resume, and I don't think we said this, you're building a resume. So I think, because it was surprising to me as a parent, I didn't have to do this. Um, you're building a resume in high school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so tell people real quick, but you know, we're, we're probably starting to get long here, but when you submit to schools, what do you have to give in addition to your application? A lot
1: of stuff. No, what's it Mm -hmm. called? A A, a resume. Right. And that resume will spell out every extracurricular award. You've done since ninth grade, yeah. And, you know, some people have really short resumes. Some people have long ones. You know, you put on there, did you, you know, play football or basketball? Um, Did you join the whatever club? Did you, you know, do fine arts? Did you, you know get involved in your community outside of your school even? You know, did you volunteer somewhere? They want to see all these different aspects of your life that show you to be a thriving and successful individual that wants to come to their college. And so you build that up in high school and then then in college you continue building your resume until you get a job. So, you know, if you want to be successful as a student, it's kind of like with in the workplace, you can't just show up when the bell rings, leave when the bell rings again. And then maybe even if you're taking these AP classes, do your homework and call it done. There's a lot more that goes into this process. You know, you're going to have to go to club meetings or go to sports practices, whatever it is, get involved and you can have a lot of fun doing it too. This isn't doom and gloom. You know, some of my best high school experiences have been in this kind of stuff. Um, But kind of like with work, don't just show up and then leave and expect to get into Harvard.
0: Yeah, go the extra mile. And I think the other thing, which we'll probably don't have enough time to really get into, when you do scholarship applications, you most assuredly are going to be asked for your resume, right?
1: Oh, definitely. On virtually
0: every scholarship, you might check the box and get into a Carolina or Clemson based on your intellect and grades possible. But you're probably not gonna get extra merit scholarships just because you got a good GPA.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of kids, they were maybe didn't have the best GPA or test scores, but they were in student council, played football, um, was in the band, volunteered, and even if they had be- below average scores, a lot of times they'll get in, they may get scholarships, that sort of thing. Um, and so all of this paints a whole picture of you as a student not just GPA and test scores are big parts, but your extracurriculars are also really big factor into this. And you have essays as well. Um, but and, that's and that's where you can do it, go with your strengths. Like, so if you have to,
0: you know, if you're taking an AP Lang, and maybe that's not your thing, or AP calculus is not your thing, whatever the class, those are kind of, you got to check the box. But these extracurriculars, you can say, hey, I'm a um, lacrosse player. I'm good at that, so I'm going to lead the team. Or... You know, your case, you did some youth in government. I'm going to lead that. So yes. you, that's where you can use your strengths and show mm-hmm. leadership. I yeah. think you were talking about you are in student council, right? Yep. So that, those things come on your resume. Mm-hmm. That's where you can shine as the whole person.
1: Yeah, and with that point, uh, there's this phrase that you want to be a well-rounded student, which I guess is not wrong, but a lot of times these days colleges are in particular looking for students who have a passion for, for you know, one or two particular things maybe that's that's band so you did band every year of high school you became i don't know nothing about fine arts but you know <laughs> maybe you're the leader of the band or whatever you know you have a leadership role you have lots of time and years put into this and or maybe that's football team and senior year you're captain and you've been you know on the team the, the all of high school they want colleges want to see that you did something you stuck with it for years and that you especially had a leadership role rather than just doing a little bit of everything here and there.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, Anna, I know we're running out of
0: time, so I want to pick on you for just a quick second. <laughs> okay. So you recently, or not too long ago, finished this process back yeah. in May. Yep, Right. S-
2: seven months ago, maybe yeah, a little
0: yeah. more. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're glad because we're glad to have you at yep. the Capital Advisors. So what was your transition like, and maybe this is more a Clemson thing, but, you know, the process of getting education, going through school, what then happens to the student? You know, what would you encourage students to think about maybe we not pick on just Clinton, not picking on, um, yeah. but you know, what, is the, what is kind of the process or advice you'd have from, hey, be thinking of the day you become a freshman now in college. We're, yeah. fresh, we're, we're going in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What do they need to be thinking about the workforce and the outcome afterwards?
2: Yeah, definitely. So one thing I would encourage is while you're in college, Get a job in the field you're majoring in. Get an internship. A lot of people think these are hard to find. They're, they're very. They're not hard to find. The school helps you go on LinkedIn. I mean, places need interns. They want you to apply. They want you to work there. So one thing I would recommend is getting these internships, you know, working in your field of study. Because another pro of this is to realize, hey, you might be going to school for nursing. You get some internship at a hospital you hate it you don't want it well that's your time to be like hey this is not maybe what i should go to college for let me let me change my plan let me look at my plan let me go back let me change it maybe that even involves going to a technical school or switching to another school Uh, so on top of that kind of going to post-grad one thing i would recommend your junior and senior year is start applying for jobs it is never too early if you have a good resume if you have good job experiences these places will hold spots for you. They will hold a spot for you for a year, sometimes up to two years. Don't wait until, say, you're graduating in May. You graduate May 13th. Don't wait till May 13th to start (laughs) applying for jobs, because it, you know, it might be two to three months, because I know in my experience to find a job, so I actually been working for Valentine Capital Advisors now for a little bit. Um, It took me applying. I was applying to find, you know, a good job. I was applying for about a year, so it's not something easy to come by, so definitely, you know, start early, get internships, get jobs, and then right when you're about to graduate, make sure you're staying active. I would definitely get a LinkedIn, stay active on LinkedIn, uh JAWS posting, and, you know, apply early for those jobs. Do not wait until graduation day to start looking for a job.
1: And just comment on that because I remember someone basically mentioned this to me is in high school, a lot of times it's just you're going through it because, you know, law, you got to go to the high school, you know, you mm-hmm. got to be in there till you're a certain age. Um, but with college, you're choosing to be there, and you're spending a lot of money. So if yeah. you do choose to go there, take advantage of your classes. Yeah. you know, take notes, do well on tests, because you know what you're putting into this is what the information and prep you're going to get for your career. So yeah. it's not like high school or middle school or even before that. You know, kids go and they really just want to have fun, but you know they have to go to school. College is a bit different. You you're going there to get something. So you know, get whatever it is you, you're trying to get. Don't you know constantly be skipping class and not paying attention when you're in class, you know. So Yeah,
2: definitely, definitely take advantage of your resources. I know at Clemson, you know, my teachers wanted, they wanted me to exceed. They were constantly helping me, helping me find jobs, look. I mean, Clemson had a whole job portal. So they're they're constantly encouraging you to look and they're helping you. And again, you are paying for these resources. So it's, yeah, use them. You're paying for them. So take (laughs) advantage of them.
0: You said one thing I just want to briefly say before we kind of wrap this up. Um, you mentioned LinkedIn, which I think is great. But I think kids at a young age, boy, my kids know. I've talked about this. But I think parents need to parent better here. And I'm certainly not, none of this, am I, I'm not the perfect parent. In fact, I make lots of mistakes and maybe maybe one of the worst. But um, they have to stress their kids' social media and everything they do is forever. Yes. Yeah. Video is out there forever. Mm-hmm. When I say forever, that's not 10 minutes. That's not 10 years. That's not 100 years. That is forever nowadays. Yes everything's being recorded everywhere you are. Mm -hmm. And I hate that in a way, because we can't just, sometimes we have to fall to pick ourselves up. But boy, if you on purpose put it on social media, I don't care if it's called Snapchat and you think it disappeared, I can, we can all prove to you, you can take a screenshot of that, right? Mm -hmm. So nothing disappears, everything's forever. Be careful. Your employer, I can assure you, is looking. Your school might be looking. Uh, Other people are looking, so be careful with that. The other thing I want to say is, and this is more to students, uh, don't be a chronic, if it's not the right word, but a perpetual students into pe- perpetual adolescence. You and I talk about this all the time. Yep. Part of this has been our society. We have babied kids and not having a responsibility where decades ago they went to war. Now we think they have to have this, as we talked about luxurious experience, but, um, parents don't be afraid to lay down some nose, right? Exactly. That's, that's one thing I would say with all this. So, I know we probably have gotten long-winded. This has been awesome for me, and I've heard a lot, a lot of this, but what other things have we maybe not talked about that you'd have us briefly share as we kind of wrap up this up as uh, far as preparing for school and preparing for college?
1: Yeah, um, well, you mentioned social media, which is something I forgot about but wanted to say. I, you know, a lot, I've heard plenty of stories, and Anna, you've probably heard more than I have, hmm. about you know kids that posted a really stupid, photo or whatever when they were, you know, in 10th or 11th grade, and maybe no one finds out about it till they're a sophomore in college. And then, you know, got lots of consequences from that. So be careful. Um, it If you have the guts to do it, don't have social media. It's not the end of the world. I, you survived, right? I, I, I did it. <laughs> Believe it or not, I am a survivor. I I, I have Facebook, which probably the only 18-year-old on Facebook, but um, you know, it is it is possible to make it without social media. Believe it or not, survival rate's pretty high. I used to not have a cell phone. Can you believe that? Back in the dark ages. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. I mean, they, they, had, they at least had TikTok, though, right? No. Oh, I don't know how you did it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's one thing. Another thing, which I didn't mention, but this is something I've done personally that— the, that probably is one of the best things I decided to do in high school, and I wish I'd done more of it earlier, which is read, 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 right. read more than your teachers assign you. If you get assigned something, read it, don't just read spark notes and then talk about it in class. You know, be smart about it and, and read you know not always stuff that you necessarily enjoy, but stuff that'll you know help you in school. it'll it makes you smarter. Um, the, the old books that you read in English, maybe, you know, if you read a book by Charles Dickens in English, maybe read another one, you know, it's not going to hurt you. Uh, it's going to help you with your writing and your English classes. Um, and you know, have a curious mind and read a lot. That, that definitely has helped me a, a ton. I'm glad you mentioned that because
0: I meant to actually mention, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you great compliments. Uh, and, and most CEOs of companies will tell you this throughout life, be a curious learner. And that is reading. And one of the things I will tell you, you know, seeing you day to day, uh, you're an avid reader of everything from, um, well, it's, it's mostly nonfiction because you like to learn, Yeah, <laughs> some fiction and also uh, biblical studies. So it's, yeah. it's all of it, and you're very well versed, but all, a lot of that is uh, is because of your reading. So I, I agree with that, but it's not just you saying that. That's leaders and CEOs of companies would say that. Um, what about you, Anna? Any other final thoughts that uh, the... Getting a job, thinking about?
2: Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think we pretty much hit all the cool. all the basic points.
0: Cool. So I'm going to let you ask Preston our signature question before we leave here. All and right. we'll, we'll
1: close up with that.
2: Sounds good. So our signature question, Preston, what makes you tick?
1: Yeah, so I remember hearing that question for the first time and thought, that is such a weird question. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, back on episode one way back in the day. So uh, it's a good question, though, it, Um so I've been in high school for four years now and I genuinely love academic work. I know that may not be a common response from a high schooler, but you know, I love re- reading, studying, um, being in school. It definitely. I have enjoyed that. There's plenty of times it's quite miserable, but, uh, <laughs> I've enjoyed that. Uh, and I always love spending time with family, even you. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, family for sure. But I think ultimately for me, the answer has to be Christ. Um, as a Christian, knowing my sins are forgiven um, by grace through faith alone, that would have to be my uh, my number one answer to that question, Christ. Awesome. All Best right.
2: answer. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you, everyone, for for joining us in this podcast. I've actually learned some things I didn't know, and I have remembered things that we've talked about, and you've shared with me, so that's very awesome. and great to hear for some young folks about their actual experiences we can get the experts on we may have that in the fall uh, but it's great to hear in the trenches real world experiences we hope you'll go out there and share a podcast on all the various social media this is the social media you do want to tune into because it's good stuff it's about our community Um, until we see you next time go out and make our community great